This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is teaching your grandkids about money. Now, I think this is going to be a fun topic, and with me, I have fellow grandparent Byron Palsma, who's also an advisor in our office. So good morning, Byron. Good morning, Mary. (laughs) It's kind of fun to have those grandkids around, isn't it? It sure is. Now, yours is a little young to be teaching lessons about money. How old is your grandson? Right, he's only a couple months old, so... (laughs) But there will be a day. There you go. And he'll be in good hands to learn some uh, lessons about money, for sure. Thank you. So here's the thing. When you're teaching your grandkids about money... The beautiful thing is that grandparents have all of this wisdom to draw from because you now have a lifetime of experience when it comes to dealing with money. And, you know, I think that's an invaluable piece of information that you can pass down. And it also can just really broaden and enrich your relationship with your grandkids when you are teaching them great lessons about how to be good financial stewards of money. That's right. You know, frankly, sometimes kids will tune out their own parents. Yes. But maybe we'll be more likely to listen to grandparents. Yeah. So that might be something the grandparents can use in their favor in terms of teaching good money habits to their grandkids. Exactly. So, you know, there's an age when it becomes appropriate to start talking about money with kids. And, you know, a lot of the research shows that between the ages of four to age seven, that's a fabulous time to begin talking to your grandchildren about money and really helping them understand the concept of it. You know, I think that the best thing that you can teach your grandkids overall about money is this. You have to generally work to earn it, and having it gives you choices of what you want to do to spend it on. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So working and then having choices is all connected to money. And if your grandkids can get that lesson figured out early on, it will save them a lifetime of heartache. (laughs) Yes, and and sometimes they learn a lot just by observation, too. Right. Mm -hmm. With the things that you do. I can remember, this is dating myself, but remember my mom saving green stamps Mm -hmm. back in the day. And I didn't even know what they were about. But I think they apparently they were something to save, and you could get some things for them. And yep. So that's one thing I think about when I, I think about my mother, how how she was such a saver. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, you know, teaching your grandchildren how to save, even if it's by using creative ways to save, it, it seems like this is almost too obvious to mention. But because it's such an obvious thing, teaching someone that they need to save money – then it often gets overlooked because it's assumed that somebody else has already taught them that lesson. (laughs) That might not be true. (laughs) Right. And you hear a lot, you know, about schools, and I think they probably are putting more focus on it now than they used to. Uh, But I don't really remember a lot of, so to speak, money lessons in, in, through my, you know, Mm -hmm. education time. So my grandson is seven years old now. And this past summer, he had his very first summer job. And his neighbors had put a coop of chickens in their backyard, and they wanted him to come over each day and feed the chickens and actually kind of play with them because apparently the more interaction that chickens have with humans, 
the better egg layers they become. So his job was to play with the chickens and feed the chickens each day. And for doing this, they were paying him $1 a week. Which, first of all, I think is priceless that he's playing with chickens for money. (laughs) But second of all, he really did learn that if he did this, he would get $1. And if he had $1, he could go to the store and he could buy candy with his $1. Right. And that, that connection of those two things was a really powerful thing for him to learn at seven years old. Yes, as you started out, Mary, talking about working, having to work mm-hmm. for it. He learned that lesson early on. Yes. It's great. Exactly. Now, the next thing that he learned from this chicken experiment <laughs> was that if he saved up a couple of weeks, he'd have some money that he could buy some little things on this Fortnite video game that he loves. And so you can buy, like, clothing. And I don't really understand Fortnite. I'm not that in tune as a cool grandma for some of these video games. And I'm sure some of you have heard your grandkids talking about Fortnite. But in any event, you can buy little things for your Fortnite characters. And so he saved up a couple of weeks of his chicken money and was able to buy some stuff from a Fortnite game. And the beauty of this, then, is showing him that just because you have money, you don't have to immediately spend it all either. Right. Right. Kids are quite different, really. Some can be savers, some can be spenders. And I think with some with our older kids, they actually delivered papers, which I did too for mm-hmm. a short time. And you think about the paper boy or paper girl and, and saving their money and whatnot. And what a great way to learn responsibility with, right. with money. Yeah, most definitely. So here's the thing. Having creative ways to save money isn't necessarily always connected to the earning of it. It's always it's also can be connected to the not spending of it and finding other ways to get what you need from what you already have. So my mother was a genius with this, and I didn't appreciate it when I was a kid, but I appreciate it now, and it's something that I try to instill in my grandson, is you don't always have to have brand new stuff. You can figure out sometimes how to use the things you have and repurpose them. So this is what my mom used to do. I was one of four kids, and we had a single income. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and my dad was a college professor. And um, my mom would repurpose the clothes in our family. Now, this worked a lot better for my younger sisters when they were getting girl clothes, but I got the short end of the stick because the person older than me was my brother. (laughs) So she wanted to repurpose my brother's clothes and try to make them look like girl clothes. She had to get creative. But the genius in this was she would take his old pants and she would sew flower patches on them on the knees and around the bottoms and things like that to make them look like girl clothes. So for a quarter, she could buy some material for patching, and then she could sew it onto there herself and make that make something that was a boy clothes into a girl clothes. And now I had new pants, <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't like at the time because I still knew they were my brothers. But what a genius move on my mom's part to creatively teach me the lesson that there's more than one way to go about getting a new pair of pants. Absolutely. Yeah. So in those early ages, ages four to seven, really it's important to talk about it, but teach them how to begin to earn money and also creative ways to save money. Now, 
From ages 8 to 12, this is the time where when you're teaching your children money lessons, part of the money lessons that they can really understand and grasp at that age is really about giving it away and how to use money to do good in the world. And I love this part of money lessons that we can teach our grandkids. Absolutely. Uh, When you're talking about charitable purposes, what a great way to to teach uh, kids that there are bigger things in life than just yourself or other things in life than just yourself. Right. And so it, it really can help them be less selfish. Mm-hmm. Yes, most definitely. So a good way to uh, teach money lessons about giving money away is especially connected to holiday times. So we all have the Christmas rush happening. We have holidays, birthdays, things like that. And one of the best money lessons that you can teach is carving out some of the money that you're spending around those holidays or birthdays and letting your child make a choice or your grandchild make a choice about where some of that money that can go to support a charitable cause. When we did this with my kids when they were younger, invariably my kids always picked places that had to do with pets. Interesting. (laughs) My kids were pet crazy. And they loved being able to give a small donation to like the pound or the, you know, the animal humane society and things like that. And one of the money lessons that was connected with kind of giving of time and money was we could go to the humane society and they could um, volunteer with us to walk the dogs. And they could give their donation. And even if it was like a five or $10 donation, the kids were so proud to be giving like that to something that they actually cared about and know that it was going to make a pet's life a little bit better. Yes. And I I think with ourselves too, we can also talk about our charitable causes and why Mm -hmm. they're meaningful to us and and why we donate. Yes. And we can share that also, just like your kids had the passion for the animals. (laughs) We may have passions to help kids or whatever it may be. And I think it's important to share not only Uh, that it's important to share the why of why we do our charitable giving. Right. So here's the thing. When when your kids are that age, it's about reinforcing the lessons of saving money. It's about reinforcing the lessons of working to earn money. But it's the beautiful time to introduce the concept of charitable giving and how you can do good in the world by giving some of your money away. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about teaching your grandchildren about money. We talked a little about about in the first half of the show of younger kids and lessons you could instill with them, but now I want to kind of focus on that teenage age and, you know, that young adult age and lessons that you as a grandparent can teach your grandchildren about money at those kind of tender ages, <laughs> the That's ages right. when they think they know a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can get them to uh, listen to you, congratulations. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the teenage years are the prime time to start teaching your kids and grandkids about money lessons that are like fundamental life lessons that are going to 
take out, they're going to take out into the world. Like things like how bank accounts work and how taxes work and what stocks are and how they work. And then a huge one is understanding how this future debt load is going to impact them if they take a lot of loans out for college. So let's first start talking a little bit about, um, you know, some of the main things you would want to start teaching somebody about bank accounts in general. Right. And I think one of the things that they need to know is just how they work, uh, how they can put money into it, hopefully, how they can save, and then how they can also use the money, too. Uh, I think schools are probably trying to address money issues a little bit more than maybe years gone by. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's there's still a lot to learn that, uh, that that kids aren't really used to. And so I think it's important to be able to, you know, give them some basics as far as how money works. I know that sometimes kids think, oh, I have a checkbook and that means I can write checks and they aren't necessarily connecting but there has to be money in the account. <laughs> Otherwise, these things called checks don't really work. <laughs> that's, that's right. And, and now kids are used to debit cards, too. So yes. debit cards are much more common for them. And so helping them understand how to watch their bank balances when using debit cards is a huge lesson that can be taught to help them avoid mistakes. Right. And one of the benefits I think kids have nowadays is that they're very tech savvy. Mm-hmm. And online banking would be really easy for them. And if you can get them to get geared into that and actually use it would be a real plus for them as they see what happens with their money. Of course, that means that you as the grandparent need to know how to learn that technology too. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other side of it. Easier said than done, right? (laughs) That's right. Another really good concept to hone in on, though, in those teenage years is the understanding of what taxes are. So not only what do the taxes that are collected do for our country, for your community locally, you know, nationally, statewide, things like that, but also understanding how they're collected. Right. So the the taxes, I got a really good lesson from that from my own father early on. Now, my dad was an economics professor, and, and so he, we had a lot of good conversations about money when I was growing up. But one of the things that always happened to us that reinforced the idea that the tax man would always take his cut is that on Halloween, when we would go trick-or-treating, you know, you'd be out there all night, you'd be running around collecting candy and you'd come home tired but so excited because you had this giant bag of candy and the very first thing that would happen at my house is my dad would walk in and say the tax man cometh and he would go through our bags and he would pull out the candy that he liked the best and he would call that our our tax for the year yeah (laughs) well i I think that's a good learning experience because yeah because people will you know they especially kids they don't have a real good concept of what taxes are about. Uh, They may not even understand how sales tax works. And they Mm -hmm. think if they have $10 to buy a $10 item, that might be enough. Yep. Without knowing that they need to add a little bit more for tax. Yeah. So if you can if you can help them understand how taxes work, especially the part of even if you go work hard, then taxes are going to come take a chunk out of what you just earned. That's a great money lesson to impart to them to set them up for what life is like in the real world. That's right. Because that's going to be the way it is for the rest of their earning years. 
And to help them kind of stomach the pain of taxes, shall we say, I think it's important also to mention how taxes are used and and things such as roads and and, and whatever it may be that uh, they have an understanding this money that doesn't just fly away. It actually is used for something. Exactly. Yeah, that there is a benefit for the greater good when it's used to help build out a community or a state or a nation. Okay, so another thing that you can focus on as grandparents when you're helping your grandchildren learn about money in those teenage years is really kind of introducing them to the concept of how money can grow. You know, so there's different ways that it can grow. It can grow with compound interest in a bank. Um, You can introduce them to the concept of both a stock and a bond and even show them online how, you know, to read stock market quotes and how to understand that a stock price going up might mean that they would have made money. And I think that those are invaluable lessons to begin to expose a teenager to something that they're going to need to understand by the time they get their first real job and somebody's telling them, oh, hey, you should contribute to this 401k thing. Right. When I taught school years ago, we actually had a an economics class, I think it was, and we actually, uh, what we did with the kids is they had a fake amount of money mm-hmm. and they invested it in the market. So we'd watch the, the stocks every day and so on. And I think that was a good experience for them to to get to realize how money can not only increase, but also they may have a little bit of a loss and to realize that over time that it's a good thing to do. Yeah. To be putting that money away. And along with that, how money grows, it's also important to be reinforcing some of the lessons hopefully they've learned along the way of money can grow, especially if you aren't spending it so fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It does take discipline. Now, Byron, you told me a story a while back about when you were a youngster and you went to the carnival. Right. Uh, As I grew up in, in rural South Dakota and many towns had their own summer festival Mm -hmm. and one of our neighboring towns had one and they'd have a carnival there etc and my mom was thinking well I don't want you to blow all your money on throwing rings over pop bottles or things (laughs) like that so what what she told me is that I would get a certain amount of money and then whatever I would bring back she would double it Ah. and I don't really remember if i I probably blew the money. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but the concept was there that think about how you're spending your money. Mm-hmm. And and she made me at least stop and, and, and think about that. And I think that was a good lesson. I think it definitely is. And there are many, many opportunities out there for grandparents to instill that exact kind of lesson, whether it's, you know, do you want to spend this money on popcorn and pop at the movies or do you want to save it? Do you want to spend it at the carnival or do you want to save it? You know, there's all kinds of things that you're out there doing with your grandchildren that cost money and embedding these savings lessons into them can really be helpful for them in the long run. And it's interesting to think about how they differ so much. Some kids will really be savers. They Mm -hmm. will save up for something that they have in mind and others will spend it as fast as it comes in. So... 
I, I think you really need to lay that groundwork of, of saving money for kids. And I think that every kid is different in how you know they are with that. I know that um, even in my own children, I have one who's very definitely a spender and one who's very definitely a saver. And you know, they grew up in the same house. <laughs> so it's just kind of their own personality, I think, coming out. But anything that you can do as grandparents to help instill thoughtful wisdom about how money works that's going to help carry them through their lives they're just going to you know really be appreciative of that later in life absolutely now one of the biggest money decisions that your grandchildren face is when they are getting ready to go to college to basically how to figure out how to pay for that right and when you think about the cost of college today and the total cost to put someone through even a public school in many states, it can be the same as investing in purchasing a small house. Right. I mean, the numbers just begin to become astronomical after a while. That's right. And I think it's kind of their kids' first exposure to, shall we say, bigger dollars. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that they truly have a good understanding of the impact of student debt and how it will impact their lives following college. Um, So when you're talking to your grandchildren about college debt, here's what I would recommend that you think about, including in your conversation. Number one, calculate the, do the, I guess do the math is the number one thing. Calculate the actual cost of what you're going to be spending over the four or five years in college at the different schools that they're considering. So school A might be a total of 60000 for four years. School B might be 120000 for four years. And, and show them, you know, in writing the difference between those. And then the next step that really drives the point home is look at how much it's going to cost them monthly to pay that debt back once they're out of school. So just as an example, school A might cost them $350 a month to pay back, but school B might cost them $650 a month to pay back. Now, I'm pretty sure that most of your grandchildren are not going to you know, get too concerned about this $650 bill because they don't understand what that means yet in trying to live on a paycheck and then have that kind of bill due monthly. So the final way to really help drive this home for them is to say, okay, now how much do you think you're going to make when you get your first job? Right. And they're likely to say a lot of different things. (laughs) (laughs) There may be a little dream dust out there. But let's just say they're like, oh, I think I'm going to make $60,000 a year. Okay, so that's great coming out of college. So let's hope you make $60,000 a year. And here's, you know, the amount that you're going to have monthly come in. And here's the amount of that that's going to go away to taxes. And then you need to pay rent in your phone bill and da, 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 da. And when you show them how big of a bite that $650 payment a month makes, that's when it really starts to become evident to grandchildren why they might not want to sign on for a crazy high amount of college debt. Right. One thing that they probably have never done is is budget. Mm-hmm. And I think that's their first exposure to that. And it's going to be an eye opener for them. Most definitely. And then if you say, okay, now let's do the same thing. And let's say you'll find a job for 40000 a year. And, and maybe that's a more realistic job starting out in your first job. Then that is really going to bring the point home to them. 
So all of those are great ways that you can use your wisdom that you've accumulated throughout the years to help your grandchildren evolve as they're going through their lives and learning their own money lessons. So we hope this has given you some good pointers and things to think about as you teach your own grandkids about money. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Stirk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.